Um, I want to read a little scripture, and this is a story that uh, gives us sort of the the, the tenderness um, between a mom and a child, um, but maybe something we don't think about quite that much. John chapter 19. It says, now they're near the cross where Jesus was crucified, stood his mother. We probably don't need to say a lot more. You know? Near the cross where Jesus was crucified, stood his mother. I mean, aren't moms the one that are there from the beginning, literally, to the end? And of course, we would hope that most children or most parents never have to witness um, the death of their, you know, children. Unfortunately, what I do, I've had to experience that with families, go through that grief and trauma. We were visiting my grandma over Easter, and we were reliving some of our family history, reminded, um, and I guess maybe it was I had never told Vicky, but my grandpa watched my dad get killed um, suddenly, tragically, in front of his eyes. I don't think that stuff goes away easily. And yet, this was not really, by this time, a surprise. It was a tenacious mom, uh, just not willing to leave her son's side. By now, the disciples had left. By the way, the verse goes on to say, there was his mother, his mother's sister, you know, the aunt, faithful aunt, all the, all the fantastic ladies out there, maybe who aren't moms, maybe you're a fantastic aunt, you know, maybe you're a fantastic mom, in quotes, to some kid in your neighborhood. And Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Guess who's not there, guys? As it says earlier, all the disciples fled. And now, maybe not honoring moms is not being hard on guys, but I think there's got to be a little tiny lesson in there, doesn't there? I mean, we learn a lot. This is just so important. We learn a lot from women in general. And what we learn in, uh, in life from women in general is they're more intuitive, they're more sensitive. Can I say this? They're more aware. I know I'm generalizing, they're just more aware. Um, I don't need to pry in everyone's family business, but uh, it's usually the guy that doesn't get the clue. It's usually, you know, it, and so why? And so it seems like God in his wisdom gave s- such a special gift to women that they are sensitive, that they're aware, that they're in tune. And can I just say this right out of the gate? As we honor moms today, they have this almost innate willingness, innate willingness to sacrifice, to be there. Um, In fact, can I just say this? It's so second nature to most moms, we don't even really call it sacrifice. A lot of women, they just jump in and they just do it. They just do it. They don't 
think about, well, what would this cost me and how much golf could I be getting in? And they, they, they literally just jump in. They just jump in and do it. And it's such a gift that oftentimes we don't realize it. I've oftentimes reflected back at my early years. Now I can do it with my mom. Now, thankfully, we can laugh. We are getting there at that spot in life. Thankfully, now we can laugh at how bad I was. Right? And, and the things that I would... And my mom says, you know, you, my mom was a struggling uh, single mother. I didn't know... Now I know she was a I didn't know she was a struggling single. How many of you get that about your own life? You don't know what your childhood is in terms of compared to anybody. It's just called childhood. And I didn't know she was a struggling single mom driving a Volkswagen that she could never ever fill up with gas. Whenever she went, it was a quarter of a tank at a time. A quarter of that's all she could afford, right? She'd put a quarter tank and get to the next thing. And so guess what happened? We ran out of gas a lot. My childhood, we were running out of gas because my mom just didn't have the money. And she said one time I got so mad at her. <laughs> she said, I'm never, I told her, I'm never riding with you again, mom. I'm tired of running out of gas. I mean, now you can look back and go, wow. Oh, you know, just horribly self-centered. But the the innate part of a mom is they immediately look to the other. It's almost second nature. I was so excited to celebrate Mother's Day with Vicky and Charlie this year. And, and I thought, it's going to be so, you know, I'm trying hard to make it a good day. Anybody try hard? Tell me at least tried. Some of you just, you didn't just wake up and realize. <laughs> a couple of you. All right. Well, uh, I was trying, I was thinking, and then, you know, of course, Right before bedtime, I mean, Charlie just goes into classic, you know, need mode. You know what I mean? Crying full bore. And I'm like, oh, boy. If we're going to honor mom on Mother's Day, Charlie's going to give her a run for her money tonight. She's going to make her earn every bit of honor she gets tomorrow. And this is just honestly what moms do. And so when we read that Mary is there at the cross it's a stunning picture. It's, it's a little bit hard to honestly visualize, but at the same time, we're not surprised. We're not surprised. Where else would she be? Where else could she be? Every mom knows this. So our moms, we owe so much to, and we learn so much from. And I think what I wanted to just share with you today as we go about our day is, you know, the first, the first thing that we can learn from a mom is what love really looks like. A lot of people talk about love. It's a very used word in our culture. Um, but oftentimes love is related to, as we talked about, the lowest level, which is a feelings-oriented thing that you... If someone treats you good, you have flowery feelings towards them and you reciprocate love. But a mother's love is deeper than that. It's sacrificial. And can I just say this? It's spontaneous. They just, they just do it. They sort of have this innate sense. By the way, for the moms, 
maybe for all of us. I was reading an article because it's like a mom has an intuition, you know, a sense. And we had this sense that Mary would be there for Jesus. You just get this, they just, they just sort of know things. And I read a great article and it was a doctor who wrote about what's happening in our world with technology. You know, now if you have a problem, let's say you have a problem with your child, you go online, you research, oh, they're doing this, they're acting like this, and you get 700 opinions. Anybody ever done this before? And then you read another one, and then there's another one. Not to mention a few friends will drop an opinion or two on you. Anybody? That you should do this, you should do this. And now you're flooded. You're flooded with information. And, well, this one doctor said this, this one website said this. And what a fantastic, this, this psychologist doctor said, look, a mom is born with an intuition, an intuition. And he said, years ago, we tapped into that intuition regularly. We just, we, we were in touch. As the scripture talks about spirit to spirit, heart to heart. But now sometimes we get a little clouded with information. And information is good. Don't get me wrong. Information is great. But information is not intuition. Intuition is What's going on in your heart? In your heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You could have this feeling. I know this is, I know this is the direction. I know this is it. And so the whole article goes on, and it's basically the summary was this. It's time to get back to intuition. And isn't that true in so much of life? It's time to get back to feeling what's in our hearts. Sure, you take this bit of information. Yes, you take this bit of advice. Yes, you learn from here. But when it all comes down, the Bible says that you are a temple of God's spirit. Think about that. You are, uh, in Jewish terms, the temple was where God lived. And so they were saying, God lives in you. You're a temple. What does that mean? That means the stuff that's on the inside of you is worth paying attention to. You get that still, small voice. Here's the trouble. That still, small voice oftentimes gets crowded out by the noise that is around you. So if I could share something for moms or dads or aunts or uncles or anybody, it's this. Get back to paying attention to your heart to what God is speaking, his spirit to your spirit. There's a lot of value in that. Two things I'll share with you. First, you'll probably need to slow down a little bit to hear it. You probably need to slow down a little bit. I don't know what that means for you. That might mean turning off a screen or two. You know, anybody like me, you got your iPad on, you're watching TV and the baseball games on the radio. Right? And I mean, that all is fine. It has its place. The other day, someone invited me to Buffalo Wild Wings. I, I mean, I don't know. I must be getting old. I just can't do it. I, I can't handle 700 screens on at one time. I think I'm getting old, right? But here's the thing. Nothing wrong with that and its time and its place. But you know, you probably need a space in your life that's quiet enough to hear God's spirit to your spirit. Maybe you, maybe you have a commute, and maybe instead of cramming the commute with more noise, you just get it quiet. 
Maybe it's a small walk. But find some little place where you can reconnect heart to heart. Um, there's a great scripture in Timothy where it talks. Uh, Paul talks about how Timothy's grandmother Lois taught him the scriptures. And um, I think of that verse a lot because, you know, it was my grandma who gave me my first Bible. And I still have it. I think I was talking about it the other day. In fact, it's red. It's... Um, it's imitation leather. It's King James. It's got a little cartoony Bible. And, and it was hard to read as a kid, to be honest with you. I didn't read it much, and I still haven't read it much because I don't read King James that well. But here's the point. My grandma sort of gave it to me, and it did something for me. It gave me like a starting block. Is that fair? It gave me something to start with. I think what a great tradition if you have a mom or a grandma or somebody in your life that gives you a structure, you know, these parents and godparents and all these people that dedicate their children, they're just, it's just a starting block. It's not answering all of their questions that they're going to have over their life, but, you know, to get them a structure, a starting place. And my, my grandma spiritually gave me that little box to start with. So important. You start to learn about God. You start to learn the scripture. You start to learn some things. And you just have a framework to deal with. Now, later on in life, this happens This happens to most people that I know. Later on in life, they start to have questions. I don't know why the church made me do this. I don't understand this verse in the Bible. Hey, this doesn't make any sense. Anybody have questions? Willing enough to be honest here today. Every hand should be up because we all do. So, yeah, that didn't make sense. And that, that, that's, that's called growing up. Right. And what we're doing is we're, we're, we're we have this box, we have the structure, it's a starting point, And then we have to move to the next part. And I like to say, I think and I'm overgeneralizing. My grandma gave me that little structure. My mom never took me to church. Never. I took my mom to church. So I want to tell you something that's really important. But my mom taught me a layer deeper what it was all about. When things didn't make sense, she taught me spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? She taught me interpretation. She taught me what it was about underneath the structure. It's sort of like it, some people help us get the first part of life, you know, get a structure going, get a job, get education. Get, but then there's other people that teach us what the meaning of it is. And a lot of times we have people in our life that can get us so far and then you need somebody to take you a layer deeper. They're a little more intuitive. In, in the Lion King, they're Rafiki. Can I throw that in there on Mother's Day? Does that, did that work, Anthony, or no? Did it, it, no it, it kind of fell flat out here, though, just so you know. I'll try it next service. Or, I mean, that, that's the one that interprets it. That's the one that makes sense of it. They're the prophets in your life. They're, they, they, they don't fit in the rules in the box, but they get it here. Boy, these people are valuable. They're the ones you can talk off the record to. Are you, are you guys hearing? No, I'm not even getting through today. I thought I would. Um, like, I'm on the record because I'm a pastor, so people don't tell me what they really think because it's on the record, you know? But there's people that you talk that you just open your heart to and, and then they help you weave and they navigate it. 
And let me tell you, you need those kinds of people in your life. Like great moms are like that. That's what I know I'm supposed to say. This is what I know the world wants me to think. This is what everybody wants me to believe. This is how they want me to feel. But mom, this is how I really feel. I could say one more thing. I think do yourself a favor and keep that avenue wide open. Right? Where it's always a safe place. It's always a safe place. Because why? We don't get it. You remember Peter? He's following with Jesus for so long in his life and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And Jesus tells Peter and the disciples he's going to die. And Peter says, never. Never. That's not, that's not going to happen. Why? Because Peter didn't get it. He didn't get it here. And sometimes what we need in life is you need that guide. I'm going to tell you one story before I'm out of time. I was in Bible college. Man, talk about pressure. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize the pressure it was at the time. Maybe it was self-induced. But you kind of feel like, if you're at Bible college, you kind of feel like you need to walk on water. Honestly. And there's people, and I had to go to chapel every day. There's someone up there telling you every day what sin is and why you shouldn't ever do it. And I mean, you just, I mean, it's so much pressure. You're just a kid. Did I mention you're like 18 years old? And everybody else is out doing God knows what. And you're just like, Yes, Lord. And I, I, I mean, I got to tell you, in so many ways, I was a good soldier. I really was. I mean, and this was a strict Bible college. And you weren't, you weren't allowed to do anything except go to church, basically. And I was a good soldier. I was a good soldier. I was a good soldier until about midway through my junior year. And I just... I got tired of it. And they could see, you know, they were like grooming me to be a leader. And I was in all these leadership things. And I just, then I just stopped. I just stopped participating. I just didn't want anything to do with it. And the first thing that those institutions want to do is they want to throw the rule book at you. Look, you're doing this. We could kick you out for that. You get, you know, and then there was one why, I'll just call him a one wise professor a Rafiki, if you will. He pulled me into his office, and this is what he said. Are you okay? Well, there's a new question. Like, I almost want to swear, but who gives a blank about that, right? In a Bible school, I mean, who cares? The question is always, are you following the rules? Are you following the rules? Are you following the rules? Are you making yourself into this perfect human being that's good enough to carry God's word to the... And the answer is always, no, but I can fake it. No, but I can fake it. No, but I can fake it, right? And then this guy pulls me, and he's older, he's seasoned. Often these types of people are. And he just says, hey, Chris, are you okay? And I lied at first and said, yeah. Anybody done this before? (laughs) Fine. Of course, he knew I wasn't. You never forget, listen, you never forget those conversations. You never forget that connection. Can I say this is, this is a mom's pinnacle? Are you okay? I mean, I know I told you to do this, and I told you to do this, and I harped on you to do that, and, and I demanded you do this, and I, but we'll sit down. Honey, are you all right? Is there something I can do for you? 
How many know all of a sudden your heart does like a 180? Why? Because up until then, what was I doing? I was putting shells around my heart, protective layers. I know they're going to get me. I know they're mad at me. I know I'm not following the rules, right? I know I'm not super student anymore. All of a sudden, when he said that, my heart just went... Think about this role. And I, I, I don't know, I think... Did you guys all see the movie The Shack or read the book? We had the author here. I mean, I think that's why he, I think that's why he made God a female. Because those conversations just come to me, to my worldview, they come more naturally to with women. I've had them with some men, but a lot more women. They just they're softer. I was like, she was saying, "Honey, are you okay? You all right?" And you can feel like you can just you can trust. I want to say finally. Moms are there for us when we fall. When we fall. And Scripture says, you know, in, in Proverbs, it says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up again. What it doesn't say is it's usually mom helping to pick him up. For the first 7,000, you know, it's mom picking him up, picking him up, picking him up. I have this little, I have this little mental picture in the morning, you know, I sing with Charlie and we do some songs together and, you know, we do a lot of uh, Louis Armstrong and lately we're doing Frankie Valley and the, I switched up the other day to Zach Brown. <laughs> we did chicken fried, you know, but, but there was this little, this little video as I, I just played on YouTube and there's this little video and it shows, and it just showed a mom just picking a girl, her, her daughter up out of the grass when she fell, you know. Just a, just a little clip, but it just—it was like seared in my mind. It's just like that's what that's what moms do, you know. They just pick us up when we fall. I can tell you, it doesn't matter how you fall, when you fall, where you fall. That's just what they do. And if it was Jesus on the cross and the ultimate fall, think about it. Think about mom. Think about the pressure in our world. You want to have this perfect kid and they do everything right and everybody loves them and everybody celebrates them when they get all A's and your kid is dying a criminal's death. Shame, humiliation, they rip his clothes off. Every mom wants to be proud of their kids. There's a broken mom. But nonetheless... I'm going to be there when you fall. You can count on that. So here's to the moms, every one of them, who were there for us when we fell, who will be there for us when we fall again. We salute you. We honor you. We thank God for each and every one of you. Let's stand.